Hey guys, welcome back to Nomad Wolf. You're listening to episode 12 with Instagram expert Christian Book. Helping a kid who's like 16 make like three in a month and then say how he's planning to make more than his parents in the next year before he even graduates high school, like that made me happier and more fulfilled than growing a page to like 100K in like two or three months. That, that made me happier and made me feel better than like landing a client like for 5k a month and that's i don't know like i just really like that it made me feel good about myself and i I really do like the coaching aspect um because i really do like the impact you make on people's lives it it really does change lives ever fallen into the comparison trap you might be left wondering how some people were able to create that largely disruptive company collaborate with this incredible brand or just simply monetize their passions right off of their laptop from god knows where you're left inspired and hungrier than ever to create a business that will give you access to your unique version of freedom but the only question is how my name is glenn gabriel and this is the nomad wolf podcast a show that features creators, game changers, rule breakers, trendsetters, pretty much anyone around the world with the appetite to challenge the status quo. Behind their successes and failures, we dive into their stories filled with actionable advice and growth hacks that aim to equip location-independent minds everywhere so that they can answer their own life's question by constantly exploring their potential. We hope you find what you've been looking for or what's been looking for you. What's up, you guys? My name is Christian, and I am a full-time Instagram marketer. I do client management as well as I coach people on how to grow on Instagram and uh, start their own like Instagram marketing agency. Um, I have a Facebook group and a YouTube channel as well. Um, so all things, you- all things Instagram. I love it. When did you first discover like that entrepreneurial side of yourself? Um, to be quite frank with you, uh, I was always a really good student. Um, I got straight A's, like I graduated high school with a 4.2 GPA and I was set on going to school. I thought that would be my future. And, uh, I was going to school and I ended up getting accepted to UC San Diego. I went there for a year. I did very well, but I was majoring in biochemistry and, uh, I just looked at the jobs I could get with the bachelors and like the best job I could get was like as a lab tech and it was for 14, like 95 an hour. Dude. And I was literally making more money, dude, working <laughs> my own job, with no degree. Like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that's weird because, well, I went to UCSD too. And I also graduated with biochemistry, which is weird for you to say because. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so funny, man. Yeah. And I did work a lab tech job and I fucking hated my life. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I ended up getting a, in a ton of debt for it as well, man. I got like all these student loans and um, thank God I paid them off. Um, yeah. Honestly, primarily the income I made from doing like a social media marketing agency, Instagram marketing agency kind of deal. But uh, at that point, I just reevaluated what I was going to do. And I ended up just uh, moving back to my home city and I ended up uh, just renting an apartment, working full time and going to community college after that. And uh, I did that for nearly two years, man. And then I swear, like, I was always motivated and Ty Lopez hit me with these like retargeting ads. Like I'm sure everybody got hit with this like SMMA, like, you know, like, and for some reason, like I felt like he was talking to me. I'm like, of course he wasn't. He's just an amazing salesman. <laughs> like, and I just bought the course dude. And, uh, 
like my girlfriend at the time thought I was crazy, man. Like, cause I really hadn't spent anything more than, I never spent more than a thousand bucks on anything except for like school and my car. And like that course was like a grand or something. And I ended up going all in dude. And, uh, I did all the wrong things. Like I was watching YouTube videos of these different guys like Hayden pedal and, um, they were all going door to door. So I thought like, man, the solution must be to go door to door. Like that's how these guys are landing clients. So I was also at one point I was a car salesman for a while and uh, I knew kind of how to like, you know, sell in person. So I knew just going door to door in the main street of my town and knocking on every single door. And it was in like Palm Springs and it was so stupid, man. It was like 110 degrees and I was like dressed in a suit covered in sweat. Oh man. Like knocking on these businesses, trying to close them for like these retainers, like no money. Like I'm talking like $200 a month or something. Cause I wasn't listening to Ty where he's like, sell them at nine ninety seven. I was like, just trying to sell them for whatever I could. But then again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I never really used Twitter. Um, and I was like trying to sell people on like Twitter and Instagram and I had never even used them to be real. So um, I was kind of fo- more focused on getting the clients and then trying to figure out what to do and getting them results afterwards. But yeah, I ended up getting like a client or two through that method. And it was just, um, they were like, they were not the best clients and it was mainly because they just didn't believe in social media. Um, so what really changed the game for me was not going door to door, but finding clients online, specifically finding clients who um, were looking to have a position fulfilled when it came to social media or social media marketing. So I went to websites like Indeed.com, um, Craigslist, and I found like different job positions where people were posting ads for like social media marketers. And at that point, like, it was just way easier to close clients and land them on higher retainers because they already like believed in social media marketing. It wasn't like I had to sell them on social media marketing. Um, they were just had a job that they were looking to fulfill. And the question was like, am I the right person for that job? So I would go up to them and I would say like, Hey, would you be interested in doing some type of 1099 independent contractor position? And they would usually say yes, because they wouldn't have to pay benefits. I ended up landing my first few clients that way. And uh, that's kind of how I got started, man. And afterwards, I just did it long enough that I got referrals and I got recommendations from previous clients that um, I ended up getting a startup company. And like for me, that was like my first big, big breakthrough because um, I don't know, like I was selling like clients for like 500, like a thousand dollars a month, you know, like maybe even 1500 a month, but they weren't really like big clients, if that makes sense. They were because like they were just like mom and pops, like, you know, like just small businesses. Um, and when I landed my first startup company, it's just, it was way different because they wanted to make things happen and they only had like five or six employees, but they had a ton of money. I remember I ended up managing like, it was something like 70 grand just from like that one client, like on one wow, that's platform. Huge. Yeah. And I had like all these different platforms. And to me, that was like really when I started, um, I started like moving up, I feel like. <laughs> uh, so I ended up getting my first startup company, man. And, from there, uh, yeah, like I guess things just took off. I started also like getting into YouTube, looking how to um, start my own like personal brand and that kind of thing. And uh, and just yeah, for reference, start- um, what what year was this? Was this like maybe two two or three years ago? Yeah, this was a little over two years ago. Um, between two and three years ago, I landed like my first startup company, and uh, it was actually in. Um, I landed them in November and for them, they were an educational toy company. So uh, Q4 is what we call it in e-commerce, which is like quarter four. 
they did like something like 49% of their sales in like quarter four. Wow. Um, and I just remember I went in there, man, and like their Google rep had dropped out and they had a, um, they had like a huge, huge, uh, like marketing company doing their marketing for them. And like, I remember I went into like the AdWords manager and it was just like, I looked at like their campaign and it was like $31 a click. And I was like, oh for these gosh. clicks to their website, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this is so messed up. I'm like, and like, this is a, this is a company, like, I'm not going to mention the company, um, just the marketing company for reasons. Of but course. They have like an OD, like, like a four letter domain. You know what I mean? Like they were like super, yeah. Like, yeah. And I came into their ads management. I hadn't had like a, I, I never managed like a huge amount of money. I just done like, you know, mom and pop type of business stuff before. And I was like, this is whack. Like these guys don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, then I just, ended up, I didn't even end up like running new campaigns. I just literally ended up like shifting budgets around and like they got so much traffic to their website. Yeah. Um, and like so many sales compared to previously that like my job with them was kind of like set. I proved my value. Um, Cause like, I don't know, for me it was, I've kind of felt like I had to, um, like prove my worth because, uh, I kind of like just done like restaurants and like authors and like, like small time guys, you know? Yeah. So when it came to your marketing retainer that you offered your clients, uh, was that just doing every platform that they needed? Like you mentioned AdWords, you mentioned YouTube, Twitter, like you didn't really like specialize is what I'm saying. Like it, it wasn't just like just Instagram or just Facebook or something like no, you were, you were doing everything, right? Yeah. I kind of, I followed the Ty Lopez course and like what they sold people on was um, like social media management, not necessarily Instagram marketing. Um, I ended up getting into Instagram marketing shortly thereafter, but yeah, like I, I really started just doing like automating posting for like, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, also running their ads was pretty much like the biggest thing that was usually what generated me the most income was ad retainers. And, uh, still to this day, I'll be quite honest, like most of my clients that I have are on ad retainers. Um, I think it's the most sustainable. I ended up like hooking up an automation tool and getting into automation tools and whatnot. Um, on Instagram, this is back when Instagram was like a really big thing. Yeah, so it was it was more like general and not specialized. And to be honest, that was a huge mistake on my part. I probably should have specialized, but I just didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, that specific company needed a lot of help as well. Um, so it was a good opportunity for me. And that ended up leading to um, different things as well. Because, um, yeah, like I'll be honest, like I had a couple of companies and they wanted Instagram stuff. And that's what kind of got me into Instagram. I had to kind of research how to get them results. Yeah. Let's just jump right into Instagram because to me, you're the Instagram guy. So a pretty fundamental question. I'm sure like every client that you interface with asks it, but you know, they, they want to grow their IG account in your perspective. How do you best do that? Is it, is it still follow and follow? Is it, you know, doing a bunch of reposts, trying to go viral? What do you think is the best way to grow in 2019 right now? That is a really tough question, but if I had to say anything, really high quality content. Um, yeah, I mean, like content really is king and all these other growth methods are just a way to get exposure. If your content isn't on point, there's really no reason to 
start using all these different growth hacks and tactics in order to push attention to your page because if your content isn't on point, it's just not really going to work. Um, you may be able to get followers, but at that point, it's just a vanity metric. It's not really like a, uh, you know, it's not something that converts to sales or actual income. Uh, so the first thing I usually do when growing an Instagram page is I look at the page and I say to myself, is this a, like, uh, a niche repost page or is this like a personal page? When I say personal, it doesn't have to be like pictures of you or I, Glenn. It can yeah. be like, um, like a photography page where they take pictures of like landscape photography. Yeah. That is an example of a personal page. It's just where you make the content. So that's the first question I ask myself. If it is a niche repost page, you tend to have more options because you're able to post a lot more. You're able to um, find already high engaging content that does well on the platform. Content that has like a proven track record of doing well. Comes to a personal page, it's a little bit different because you're not really able to play the algorithm as much. Yeah, um, you're able to, like look at your content and make educated decisions based on the data, like your insights. And figure out what works. But since you're making the content, it's not the same as reposting a piece of content that you already know has a proven track record of going viral and getting a ton of like reach on the platform. So, uh, usually the way to grow those pages is by pushing traffic. And that can be either through things like follow and follow, um, story ads, like Instagram advertising, shout outs. It really does depend on what the client's budget is. But when it comes to somebody who is just, you know, trying to grow for cheap, I think follow and follow is a great way. Um, you can also do things like mass story viewing, which is trending really hard right now. And it's probably something that Instagram is going to like patch in the very near future. Um, just because like I have an account right now that's viewing like, I think like 8 million stories a day. Oh, um, like, yeah. Like that's a little bit spammy. Like that's, that's very spammy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's just because there's no story view in it. But I mean, Instagram doesn't, um, fight that right now because. Uh, how can I explain this? Like they show people ads. So the more people view stories, the more story ads they can show them. Understood. But Facebook wants their advertisers to get a return. So if too many people start abusing it, they're going to patch it because they want their advertisers to get a return. Like let's say an e-commerce client comes up and they have their own product uh, and they have an Instagram page that features their products. You would kind of tackle that as a personal a personal page because there isn't anything really that you could just repost on that to help, uh, you know, game the algorithm. So in terms of the e-commerce client that has a product, would you just do follow on follow and try and curate good content, you know, their own photography when it comes to, I guess their, their products and stuff like that. Um, that is the strategy I would use, but I would couple it with some type of ad strategy as well. Usually e-commerce clients aren't necessarily very concerned with growth. Um, they're more concerned with sales. So, uh, what I do is like, I would just literally throw on some follow and follow. Um, I don't really do content. I don't, I don't offer it as a service. So like they would have to post their own high quality content. And then I would do is I would implement some type of ad strategy. Um, I like to use cold, uh, I like to use story ads for cold leads, um, just because they tend to be the cheapest. But the main part for e-commerce clients is you need to be implementing some type of retargeting strategy um, when it comes to the ads. That's like really, really important. And I like to retarget them on uh, Facebook um, just because I don't think like Facebook converts better than Instagram, for instance. I just like to hit them on as many platforms as possible. It tends to get um, better conversions for the ads that I run. Yeah. 
for an e-commerce client, the ads is the bread and butter. Um, but I would just throw them on follow and follow and tell them they need to be posting. Um, they don't need to be posting every day for an e-com client. That's, that's the truth. Like, because posting doesn't really generate them traffic. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it comes to like power likes and DM groups and stuff like that, like, is that still a proven technique to kind of garner attention on Instagram? It is. Um, algorithmically speaking, likes tend to push you to explore. Um, comments drive the post up the home feed and saves based on my um, data are usually associated with high amounts of reach. Uh, so yeah, man, like if you get comments and DM groups and things like that and power likes and you push a ton of engagement to your posts, it will reach more people in the home feed. However, uh, it used to work a lot better. Um, that's the truth. Like a year ago, I could throw on some DM groups and power likes or whatnot, just one or the other. And I could do really well. I could be hitting like 10 mil, 20 mil plus impressions. And nowadays, um, that is very, very difficult. Uh, they kind of curved the viral approach and this kind of dates back to last summer because a lot of guys were abusing uh, views where they would blow up like a ton of views on posts. They would usually do something like 5,000 views and they would do like 10 to 16 runs. So like that post would get somewhere between like 50,000 and 100,000 views in like the first like 10 minutes of posting. I remember those days. Those days were kind of fun. It was a bunch of guys, man. Like, um, I remember like Franklin Hatchet, which was promoting this guy like Brent James and like, they sold the course, I actually ended up buying their course and everything. It mentioned nothing about views and panels and all that stuff. That's how he was growing his accounts, you know, like, like yeah. by blowing them up. After that whole views situation, um, I want to say it was probably around October, November, uh, the whole viral method really started to be curved a lot. They started looking less at um, just, yeah, they started just like basically limiting the amount of organic reach you could get. The hit hard, hit fast approach didn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually ended up into more of like a slower approach and that worked well for me for a while, but nowadays, even, even now the slower approach doesn't work nearly as well as it did. Um, they just curved the viral, uh, approach a lot, man. It still works. It will always work. Um, one of the things they also implemented was the niche explore pages. So like before, when you ranked on the explore page, everybody had like their own explore page. Um, but then when you basically niched it, it became tougher because like you're separating that traffic, you're dividing into like 10, 12 categories now. So between that and the fact that people were just abusing views and, uh, taking advantage of the algorithm, things just started to change. Um, and a lot of the free traffic from the viral approach stopped working, but it will always work. Um, I have like students who just grow accounts with DM groups and like they're able to grow very well. Like some of them are able to grow like 30,000 followers a month, um, still using the same methods, but it's a lot more difficult now than it was then. Your content needs to be really on point. Yeah. Understood. You probably get this question a lot, but when it comes to, you know, after you grew an account, so let's say you have like a, a 200 K repost page in a specific niche what what would you recommend to someone that is trying to monetize their account finally that doesn't it that isn't like really shout outs or like maybe doing uh an affiliate product or something like that like what would you say is like the best return uh to monetize like a a repost page like that um to be honest i think the best 
best way would be to leverage that for client management. Um, how I've made most of my money in general is just through client management. Um, and being able to leverage that you have a very large page you grew is probably the easiest way to start making money through the platform. Honestly, man, I think the biggest mistake is having a 200k account and then figuring out how to monetize it. Um, I think that you should have a very specific monetization plan before you grow the page. Like, um, to give you an example, Glenn, I had a page that I grew. It was like my first and last name. And I ended up growing to like 100k in like 83 days, which isn't like super amazing or anything. But what I did was before I grew that page, I ended up saying like, Hey, I, there's this, this course on Instagram and I want to promote it. It was Anthony Groper's course. And, uh, I ended up growing that page to promote his course and naming it myself and then doing a YouTube video on it. And like that YouTube video was very successful. I ended up getting like, I think like 10 grand in 11 months just off of that video. Wow. But the whole point, like I ended up, um, I ended up having that plan. And before I even grew the page, I knew how I was going to be making money off that page. Um, so you should basically cater the page to the monetization strategy. And I think having the monetization strategy before you grow the page is, is the best way to go about it. I think it's harder to just like have a page and then try and figure out a good way to monetize it than think of that great way to monetize it and then build the page around that. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. So when it came to promoting Anthony Groper's course, did you like say it was this course? Like you were just, you know, an affiliate for it or did you try and like white label it? Like, how did you approach that? Um, so literally what I did was I, uh, grew the page. Um, I started growing the page just to say, and I ended up hitting the first thing I had to do was I had to get results first because nobody's going to buy from my affiliate link on a high ticket digital product unless there's results. Um, that's just the truth. I mean, you could do like a video where you're like, Hey, what's up, you guys? I just bought this course. I want to give you my opinion on it. And the deal is, like, unless you have something to show, it's really hard to get them to buy it. Of course. Um, so the first thing was, like, the first month, I ended up hitting, I think, 20,000 followers on that account. And then I did a review video showcasing my results and uh, just trying to educate people on just what I thought about the course and my account. So that was the first step. I ended up split testing it to the YouTube video as well as the Facebook group. And for some reason I noticed that I got way more link clicks to the Facebook group. And I had no idea why. Um, but nowadays I think it's mainly because like Facebook doesn't or Instagram doesn't like YouTube. Um, <laughs> so Makes by sense. driving them to their own platform like Facebook, it just converts higher. And plus the two platforms, they, um, they're just like so fluid together. Um, because they're just so similar. Like they just end up pushing traffic really well because it's on mobile. Ended up driving them to a, a Facebook group, and from there I would answer questions for them, and they would eventually I would drop videos in there, and they would see my review of uh, Anthony's course, and that was really uh, that's really what happened. And I ended up yeah, just ended up working out really well because I only had to get a couple like a sale or two, um, or just even three sales to really start making like close to a thousand bucks a month because it was I think a forty percent app commission, and like it ended up being like it was like a nine ninety seven course like at one point, you know. So it really didn't take a lot of sales in order to start making like good money. And the fact that I drove into that Facebook group, built some trust and answered their questions. Uh, I, and then I hit him with that video showing like, Hey, this is how I got my results. They, they wanted to buy it to get similar results. Yeah.
So I guess that's like one um, example of monetization. You said that uh, using a, a repost account to like reach out to clients is another way. Can you kind of go into that a little bit more? Like obviously it depends on the repost page or the what whatever it's niched in. Let's say you have like a travel repost page. Do you think like people use that to reach out to hotel clients um, or like I think travel brands or something like that? Um, I think if you niche it that way, it's a really it's a really good way to potentially name clients because if it's related, your page is related to the niche they want, they're a lot more likely to hire you. Um, that's the truth. Like if you have a meme page and uh, you know they're like a financial planning company, there isn't really much of an overlap. Um, so yeah, if they have like a travel page, I think reaching out to hotel clients, um, travel companies, um, different different pages like that, that would be good clients. But um, to be honest, even just having big accounts helps. Um, because if you go up to a client and you say like, hey, yeah, I, I have a network of followers. Here's an Instagram account. Look, look at this Instagram account. I got like, I got 50,000 likes in this picture. I got 10,000 likes. I got 5,000 likes. It really doesn't matter what the number is because it's probably a lot more likes than they've ever gotten. So just having that as leverage to use to kind of um, show them you know what you're talking about yeah is is probably and the rest of it really comes down to how good are you at selling um but i think that's the easiest way to start leveraging like your page to make money is like hey you know i have this page 100k travel page i grew it in blank months and uh yeah i, I know what i'm talking about when it comes to instagram and i want to help you guys get more traffic to your website and sales do you feel like they just want an instagram guy or do you still take the the full-on um, non-specialized marketing retainer where you're operating on other platforms as well? Um, so how it works for me, man, is nearly all of my clients who hit me up, I close them on a $200 an hour consulting call. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Um, it isn't just the money that I want, even though it is like nice, don't get me wrong, it's like for 200 bucks, but it's really a qualifier. What I do for my clients, which I like is, um, I let them reach out to me. I have gone hunting for clients. And while that I think is a great strategy to get started because it's how I got started, I don't think that they're the clients that are going to pay you the most money. Um, and that's mainly because like you have to reach out to them. You have to facilitate it. And um, when they come to you, it's, it's way easier to sell them on more money because um, they already believe in the value. Um, it's just a matter of like whether you're finding the right is whether you're the right person for the job and whether it's the budget fits and they can afford it. How I do it is I basically let them come to me. I close them on a $200 an hour consulting call. That consulting call, I genuinely like look at their page. I do like a deep analysis and I try and genuinely figure out what they can do to improve. And then afterwards, if they're qualified, like they're a company, then I try, then I pitch them my services. Uh, if, they're like, you know, if it's just like a guy who's trying to get started and like he's living in his mom's basement, like chances are he's probably not going to be able to afford a retainer between one and five thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So for me, the, the biggest part of like getting the clients is being able to get them to come to you, and whether that's like going viral and getting traffic and people hitting you up in your DMs. Um, most people think like, oh, they're just trying to get free information. Like they're way too cheap in my DMs. But the truth is, if you're approaching them like they're leads and that they're qualified, then there's no reason you can't close people through the DMs and Instagram because I have closed so many people on $200 an hour consulting calls. 
just through Instagram DMs. You just really need traffic. And uh, that's kind of how I get my clients. Um, it's a really specialized approach now. So I don't really try to sell them on a general social media management. I try and sell them on some one service, a very specific service as well. And uh, my favorite service, I'll be honest right now, is this Facebook advertising. I've done a lot of the viral stuff, a lot of the botting stuff. And uh, the problem with that is it isn't necessarily resilient to algorithmic changes. Um, so it's not the best long-term approach. So you kind of use Instagram as like the foot in the door. And then later, Facebook advertising is kind of like where your main marketing sell, more Pretty or less. Much, yeah, I mean, the truth is, man, it's like every single person who hires you, it's like, what do they really want? Like, they want more customers. And how do you get more customers? By running ads. Like, <laughs> yeah, closing, closing sales. Yeah, like, I mean, or else they're not going to stay on with you. I mean, I've had clients and like, I don't really like to work that much with influencers. I'll be real. I prefer to work with businesses. Um, the deal is like, you can do a really good job and an influencer may stay on with you for three, four, five, six months. But if it's a high ticket retainer and they're not getting a return, eventually they're just going to leave you. That's the truth because like, they're not getting a direct return from it. So I like to focus on businesses and actually getting them customers because if you can get them customers, they will pay you month after month, every single month. Yeah, that's really good advice. So I kind of wanted to brush over uh, automation. When it comes to Instagram, do you have specific bots that you kind of use when it comes to working with clients and automating that whole thing? Um, yeah, my favorite bot is a bot called Jarvie. I use a private bot that is literally a clone of it. I'm not going to say the name. But, um, okay. You can probably figure out what the name of the bot is. I have used other bots as well. Um, they literally do the same thing though, Glenn. Like a bot is a bot. It literally performs actions on behalf of you. I like Jarvi because it's by far the most advanced. It has the most targeting options. They also allow you to just really tweak it and try and make it look as human as possible. Is there any like integrations when it comes to Jarvi and Facebook ads, or is it just specifically Instagram? Um, to be quite real, I usually throw in Jarvi completely for free. And if for some reason, like, I don't know, man, like you just edit an ad and it takes, that ad takes super long to approve. At least they're still getting traffic from like the follow and follow or the automation. Um, so I usually throw it in for free just because it's, it's so cheap. Um, I'm not, when I'm saying I'm doing this, like I'm throwing in for free, I don't mean I'm going in and removing all the poor quality sources and constantly adding more sources. It's literally just a free add-on to get traffic. Um, I'm not like optimizing everything and going into detail with it. Cause like you can spend a lot of time, man. You can get insane results, like 40% follow back ratios with Jarvi. Um, if you really spend the time, but that's not the service I'm selling you. I'm selling them ads. I'm just throwing it in there for free for extra traffic and growth. Got it. Got it. And this is probably all covered in, um, you have a, a Instagram course that you just recently came out with. Yep, I do. It covers pretty much everything. It's probably the last Instagram course anybody will ever need. Um, <laughs> I, it covers like personal branding, um, social media marketing panels, botting and automation tools, viral Instagram marketing, um, shout outs, Facebook ads. Um, it covers a ton of stuff and I'm constantly adding new content to it as well as, uh, I'm planning to come out with a new automation course actually, where I break down every single tool inside Jarvi and give you like settings and all that good stuff. And the people who bought my course, Grow on IG, they'll get all that for free. Um, it's like, I, if I really wish I would have bought a course like the course that I made, um, to be quite real, because 
I had to go test like literally 14 bots before I found Charlie because I didn't know what like a VPS was and how to set that up. And like, to me, that was all super complicated. And uh, yeah, it's like I just messed around with what was easy for a while until I actually figured out what worked and what got me and my clients the best results. That's awesome. And I guess for people that maybe aren't ready for a, a course yet, it, you you also have a, a Facebook, Instagram group, right? That's from what I've noticed, like growing pretty big. I've gotten a lot of success with Facebook groups. Um, to be real, I get more clients and I make more money from my Facebook groups than I ever do on YouTube. My first Facebook group was Insta Hackers. Um, I started growing it and I got it to about 15.8k before it was disabled by Facebook. Um, then we could talk about like growth tactics that, uh, <laughs> Facebook doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it was, it was great, man. Um, like, yeah, I, I missed that group. Like, it was a fun was group a great, to be a, be a part of. Yeah, like, so then I started a new group, Instagram Secrets. Um, I was making like five grand a month just from that Facebook group alone and it was like 15k. Um, and then Facebook disabled it and like all that income went to zero from the Facebook group, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I started a new one. It just recently hit 5k members. I started it in last, uh, I think February, March, like the end of February or early March. So in around, you know, five or six months, I ended up growing to about 5k. Um, just all organically. I just literally, I don't really run ads to them. I don't run a bot or anything. I just really try to get Facebook to promote my group. Um, organically in like the search as well as the suggested feed being like, you know, good keywords and just getting that activity level up so that people like comment, make posts is really what will get Facebook to promote your group organic in search and the suggested, uh, Facebook groups. Oh yeah. And you said that was Instagram secret. So if anybody just wants to like search on Facebook for that group, they, they can just jump right in. Right. Yep. Cool. Awesome. So I only have two two questions left. We're at the tail end of the the interview, but uh, besides the Facebook group, um, is there a place where people can find you, connect with you, if you wanted to plug your website or Instagram or one of your many Instagrams? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So probably the best places to get a hold of me are via Facebook or um just on Instagram at c h r i s t i e n b o u c. Those are the two places I'm very active. You could also email me at hello at chrisdiendoc.com. But um, I'll be real, man. I've had websites and stuff like that, and I ended up taking them down. I really try to leverage social media for my business as much as possible, and I don't think you need a website to get started. I don't even think you need a website at like the advanced level. Um, I remember I saw a video with like Hoslo Pena, and they're like, we don't even have a website. Like, we just have a funnel set up, and it's just like some type of squeeze page. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. It's funny because, um, I I'm walking around Thailand and every time I, I meet someone new or that, that is part of the, the Thai economy, they still give me a business card and I'm just like, wait, like we're still doing business cards. Like I don't have one. I could give you my website. I could just give you my social handle. I just think it's funny. I spent like $250 buying like the most badass business cards I could find. Like you still have them? I, I still have a, I may have a couple in my wallet. Yeah. Um, and like, I never ended up using them at all. Man. Like, yeah. Every single person I come to, they're like, that is the coolest business card, you know? Like, like, but to be real, like how many clients have I gotten from these business cards? Zero. Zero. It's just a weird flex from like the eighties, but you know, it's, it's definitely not necessary anymore. 
And you're telling me a website isn't even necessary yes. anymore. And I totally feel that way. I don't think so. Um, I mean, to be honest, like most of my most of my clients, I just do PayPal, make a subscription link, boom, email to them, they pay month after month, they're gonna pay. It's very lean. I love it. Um, okay, so last two questions, and I, I guess these are more tailored towards your whole, um, I guess, philosophy on life. But uh, is there something that you kind of like live by daily, quote mantra? something that you adhere to something that you kind of like reflect on. Yeah. I mean, I really do think business is simple. Um, it really comes down to finding a problem, solving that problem and selling somebody the solution. The rest of it really comes down to work, man. I mean, if, if I want, I can get way more clients by pushing out way more content. I can get way more traffic, way more leads. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it just comes down to like, just working hard. I just remember when I started my business, like I worked 14 hours a day for like over two years, man, for like two years straight. Like I worked like 14 hours a day, like on Christmases, like my birthday. And like that really made a difference, man. Um, nowadays, like I'm a lot more comfortable financially. So, uh, I tend to not work as hard, but I really do believe that if you want to make stuff happen, like you have, you have the ability to make it happen. Like you don't have excuses. Like it doesn't matter where you live, whether it's like it's in Thailand or like Ecuador or Mexico or Dominican Republic or the USA or Canada or Nigeria. Um, I, I just think if you're motivated and you're willing to put in the work that you can make it happen. And like, I've had things change so fast for me, man. Like really like I've gone from making like struggling for like a year and making, you know, like between one and $3,000 a month to making like over like, $13,000 a month and, and as short as a time span is like 30 days. Um, Crazy. So I guess like if you have to live by man, it's just like, stop, stop giving yourself excuses. Okay. Like work harder and just have like a really good plan. Um, like it comes back to the growing the page where you had that monetization strategy before you grow the page. Like if you want to get results, like you need to have a strategy. Um, prior to putting in the work, because if you're putting in the work and you're not focused, you're just not going to, you're not going to get the results you would if you had spent the time to properly plan it out. I think Ben Franklin has a quote that says like, uh, uh, by failing to prepare, you are uh, preparing to fail. And like, it's so true, man. Um, Cause I really do think if you're focused, it's, it's like a laser in light, like sunlight is, is harmless, but like, if you have a laser, like that can cut through steel. So yeah, just cut the excuses, work harder and just have a really good plan and strategy. Kind of what I try to work by. And now I try to, now I try to live by working less. I try to focus more on the strategy and plan and work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. Kind of set up like the automations. That way everything is kind of just like carried out on, on, on a machine, right? Exactly. You may spend, you may spend like two weeks, like in four hours a day for two weeks learning how to use that tool. But after that, after you spent that initial time, like now you don't have to go post on clients' pages every day. You know, now you don't have to do all that stuff manually. And it's worth those two weeks. Yeah. And it's just working smarter, not harder. Yeah. It's just like that, um, referencing a, another American notable figure, Abe Lincoln, with his uh, axe quote, right? You want to chop down a tree, he spent like countless hours sharpening the axe first. 
because if it's a blunt object, you're never going to be able to cut down that tree. And exactly. Exactly. Really cool, man. That's really good advice. And then the last question, what makes you feel the most alive? Um, to be real, probably one of the biggest moments for me in my entrepreneurship journey, um, it, it kind of, it's two moments, I would say, and they kind of tie together. But I remember I had spent all this time like going to Facebook group and, uh, you know, like leveraging social media to get traffic. And like while I was, man, while I, while I was able to, uh, link clients, Via those methods and get consulting calls for like 200 an hour and do all this stuff like that. Um, I remember I launched a course and I didn't even have the course made yet. It was a pre-sale and I opened it up to like 10 people and I launched that course inside my Facebook group. And literally in like less than two hours, I sold out of every single spot and I had people PayPaling me money, which they took my PayPal email off of like my videos and would just send me money through PayPal to try oh, and man. buy the course. Like, yeah. And it was like literally, they felt like, zero to two hours i had made like over six thousand dollars and it seems like it was no work um which isn't true because i had to make the course and like you know like yeah um, but to me that was a really big moment. but i guess what really led to my led to like my next moment was i just remember helping people man and i would just pass them on knowledge and like i would specifically answer their questions all the time and just really helping people do well helping a kid who's like 16 make like three a month and then say how he's planning to make more than his parents in the next year before he even graduates high school. Like that made me happier and more fulfilled than growing a page to like a hundred K in like two or three months. That, that made me happier and made me feel better than like landing a client like for 5k a month. And that's, I don't know. Like I just really like that. It made me feel good about myself and I really do like the coaching aspect um, because I really do like the impact you make on people's lives. It, it really does change lives and they tend to, um, they tend to view you like an idol or like kind of almost like up on a pedestal. And I really don't like that because I try to tell them like, Hey man, like you made this happen for you. Like if I helped, like I'm happy to have helped because like they put in all the hard work, but at the same time, like if you're able to really help somebody and like, I have students who hit me up all the time, like get a lot of my first like fifteen hundred dollar a month client, I mean, my first like three grand a month client. Like I just upsold my client from one thousand to three thousand. Um like I quit my job. They're like, This is literally what I'm doing full time now. Um it's just hard to not have that make your day. And, like sometimes it's even made your week, man. Yeah, like I, I just really like helping people do what I do, even more so than almost making money at a certain point. Dude, that's huge. And I never thought I would be a coach, dude. I used to like watch, like, I don't know, I'd be like, oh, they're just a coach. Like, teachers, teachers don't know how to actually, you know, do, do things. But I think that's more like tradition when it comes to school. Um, <laughs> and like, because nowadays, if you're online, like, I don't know, like, if you're not a scammer or something, like, usually people buy your course or they buy your mentorship because you're doing what they want to do. And it's like, if you can help them do it, it's just, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Nomad Wolf podcast. It really means so much that you guys take the time out of your day to spend it with me and our guests. I really hope that today's content here and on the blog helps you on your path. If you're a new listener and like what you hear, feel free to hit the subscribe button. 
We'll be interviewing more Nomad Wolves and unpacking more secrets and stories that you don't want to miss. I'm going to leave you guys right here, but in the meantime, take care, take care of each other, stay present, and do your best to move forward, even if it's only a little bit. I'll catch you next time. Peace.